Hey guys, and welcome back to the Ain't Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy. Uh, we are back for season two. I took a little bit of a break because I'm that kind of person who needs breaks. So I'm back uh, and I'm back again with my good friend, T. Hey, T. Hello. She brought me back. I think, I think I'm the... Uh the consistent cog of episode ones. Yes. I like that. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, I, you know, the people, ev- anybody I had in season one is someone I want continuously back for each other season that I have, just to like follow us on our own individual journeys as friends, as individuals. So yeah, um, I'm back, man. <laughs> I think the last one I filmed, the last uh, episode I filmed for Ain't Shit was before New Year's with my good friend Ian, and we were talking about relationships and stuff like that. So yeah, and I kind of wanted to come back for season two on on less of a, I wouldn't say scripted because none of the episodes are scripted, but on less of a structured yeah. model. So I really just want to come on on a more of a free flowing vibe with people and just have an honest conversation because I kind of on like looking back on things from season one, I just felt like um, because there was like a theme to each episode, yeah. like it kind of like limited what we could say and express do you know what i mean so i kind of like yeah so season one was like a trial and error trying new things and yeah i bring you back (laughs) must be a reason hopefully it's a good reason but i think you need that when you're doing stuff like this is you always need a bit of structure with when you're creating something so Mm. you need a bit of content you need a bit of routine and then as i said to you like we talk you know yeah quite often we said you can restructure it you can rejig it you can turn into something else so Mm. you know maybe this free for all or free flow, as we like to call it, free fall or free flow. Yeah. It's just going to be something that could work. Yeah, because um, I just... Sorry, T. Go for it. <laughs> go for it. I just felt like, you know, every, when I was listening back to season one, I just felt like it would... Oh, my God. Everybody, what everybody said was, like, so good. The content was so good. Of course, everyone's speaking from their heart. But I just think, personally, for me, and I'm such a creative person, mm. that probably wasn't going to be how I want to move forward with it. I just want to go more on a free flow thing. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. How have you been since this whole, I don't know, what are we in, third lockdown now? So I, I call this like second national lockdown because mm-hmm. everyone's been calling it a third lockdown and that just kind of throws me off because I feel like I slept through one of the lockdowns. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been doing all right. I think last time we spoke was when, I can't even remember when, like. We speak every other day like yeah. drips and drabs, but I think the last time we had a, no, you called me after work, I think. Last week. Last week, and I was Last so thankful week. for that phone call because I was having such a bad mental health day. God damn. Like, really bad. I can't remember. I think I was just... I can't remember what I was complaining about. It, I think it was just a venting process. It's just everything kind of... I was just mad. Of, <laughs> I think I was just really mad at something. Just everything kind of just came to the, the epicenter. No, I think... Since I mean, since we last had a conversation, mm. um, it's just been the same. I'm working... Uh, now I'm working for the NHS. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the thick of it. Not frontline um that's yeah. that's obviously with like you know the the main guys but i'm working in medical records at the moment mm-hmm. so i'm just collecting files and patient records for clinics and doctors and appointments so i'm doing that five days a week yeah eight hours a day so eight to four every how, day how's that been for your mental health like being back like working and working through the through the lockdown and stuff much better yeah oh i think i remember when we said last time when the first lockdown kicked in mm. i you know i had moments where i was you know slipping moments where i was falling i Obviously, yeah. you know, anxiety and depression, you get those on a daily basis. Right. You know, some mornings are harder than others. Other mornings are easier. Um, but I've, I, there's, the thing with this is because knowing where I'm going mm-hmm. and knowing that the work I'm doing is kind of benefiting those that are in, you know, difficult situations, taking the load off doctors and nurses. So it's yeah. one less job for them to do. It's good. And 
it helps with the bunch of people that I work with as well. Yeah. It's just, it's a really good bunch. Yeah. You know, interaction's really good. Everyone's been able to kind of, there's, there's no, there's no pressure. Mm. There's no expectations. It's like, come in, do what's in front of you. If you can do anything additional, fantastic. If you can't, come and do it it's really good then like yeah. for, for, for your mental space as well like because obviously going into work during a pandemic and working inside the hospital like it can't be easy like for me i would be like my health anxiety would probably go through the roof yeah uh, there, there are moments where i do feel that i think yeah the bit for me that it is is obviously because i'm working in an office environment mm-hmm. i do have to wear a mask yeah and i suffer from asthma as well so no, wait, I didn't know that. yeah yeah so i've it's not heavy oh, yeah. but i do i do you know i'm yeah. you know asthma is it's, it's it's on the list of all the things that i was i was gifted um <laughs> i love how you said gifted oh absolutely that's a it's, nice way to look at it right <laughs> yeah, listen it, it doesn't affect everybody but those that affect you know we're gifted and you know it takes a lot to take my breath away but with asthma it's something else um so oh. i'm having to wear a mask constantly uh-huh. Um, and the only times I don't have to wear it is if I'm in the canteen where you get to eat where you're eating mm. or if I step outside for a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. But for, I'd say, 95% of the day, I've got the mask on. So that walk from the hospital to the train station. You must be cherishing all that fresh air. I'm I'm never going to complain about the cold air ever again. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in an office where it starts off really cold because mm. they have the air conditioning on and then throughout the day, the air conditioning turns into heating. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So I go from freezing cold to boiling hot in the space of probably about two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going outside and being hit with that icy cold air that people hate, give it to me. Yeah, I'm taking it all. Oh flip! I, I when I hit when I came outside today, I was like, "Yo, it is so cold. I don't think this is not for me. I am not for the cold. As much as I, you know, I love a tracksuit and I love to like. I don't know. I wasn't built for this cold. I was I was meant to be on an island somewhere in the Caribbean with. The hot breeze running through my skin. Unfortunately, I live here in England. You must have been loving the snow a couple of weeks ago, then, huh? I took a video of it, yeah, and my mum was literally she did. like, "I did. I was. I was a part of that group of people who posted it on their story. Yeah, that was me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> why the hell not? Yeah. yeah. And my mum was like, "Why are you pretending like you like snow?" I was like, "Yeah, she's she's right." Because um, people will think I do, and I'll get like the likes on social media. Yeah. That's why I do it. Like, who, mum? You don't understand. I just need people to watch the flipping story. If I post a snow, it's gonna go boom. Right yeah. up. You know, it's and it's so weird understanding the algorithm now because the algorithm literally wants you to clout chase. Uh-uh. Like, it's like, do the, please, do all of it. And it's just, you know what? I'm just learning to use it to my advantage Just now. follow every single time. For me, I just put it out there because I just thought, yeah. if I can find some way to make this more personal to me, and I found a little Homer Simpson gift that just stuck on there. I was like, right, I'm done. That's <laughs> I it. love that's, that. That's all I posted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a that's an interesting one. The, we had the the snowfall, which mm. came out of nowhere, and I think the best thing was my sister, who Sally is very much in the aspect of it looks nice. <laughs> then you got to deal with the crap afterwards. Right. I had to walk to work. Oh, well, not to work. What I had to walk to the station. Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty the first day it falls. When it starts melting and it's icy, and then you have to walk in it, and it looks time. like shitty slush. <laughs> I have trouble walking on an even dry, flat surface. Yeah. You're putting wet snow and ice in front of me. Mm. That's a health hazard. Right? Like I I, ooh, I could have taken off the Olympics. I could have been ice skating up that hill. Well, I'm glad that you're safe and sound. And there, was not, there, was there was a few close calls. There was a few close calls. Yeah, thank God I wasn't recording any of that. Yeah? Mm. No, nah, man, you know what? Snow for me is not for me. I'm just not, I'm not with the cold weather. I'm not for it, not about it. I'm as clumsy as anything as well. That's why I don't go outside when it's snowing. I'm just in my house. Just in my house, 
looks pretty from outside. I'll take a little snap and enjoy it as a scenic view. Like someone was like to me, let's go Sweden. Uh, no, not Sweden, Switzerland to the Alps and go skiing. I looked at my friend like me in the Alps skiing. The only thing I'm doing is taking a picture and walking right the fuck back inside. <laughs> Sammy's like, and I'm going to the hot tub. Right? That's that's how you can find me if it's in if we're in the Alps because I'm not doing none of that. I want break my leg. with something like that because yeah. I don't live there mm. and because I'm just going to be on a resort. I'm good. Yeah. Like if I've got the equipment and I'm going to learn, Would you give it a go. Hundred percent. I've wanted to snowboard for ages. Okay. I've wanted to snow because there's that place in Milton Keynes. Like, the indoors. Yeah. 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 They've yeah. also got one in Hemel. I think yes, I heard. So, yeah. so I wanted, I've always wanted to do that. Mm. But if somebody turned around and said to me, "Listen, we're going to the Alps," I'm down. Mm. I, I don't care if I'm falling on my face. Mm. As long as I can be in the Alps and snowboard, I'm happy. Nah, man. Because I don't have to. Help I don't me have, out. I don't have to walk to the shops there. It's a resort. Everything's already there. True. So I, there's gonna and the thing is the. Snow- are you not? Af- are you not afraid of like? I'm just. My fear is number one. I'm afraid of heights. Okay. I'm really afraid of heights. So imagine being on like some slopey, slippy slope. My clumsy ass will fall over and 100 percent break all my legs and all my bones. You're afraid of heights. You go on more holidays than anybody I know, which involves air travel. Yeah, and I read my eyes of Gursi. Yeah, okay, let's not even play. I read my eyes of Gursi like 30 times. Ask Shab, ask Shab if you see me when we're taking off. This is me. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna die. This is it, it's over. Allah, I love you. God, forgive me. Like, you know, I'm like everything. I'm like, whoever's alive here listening. See, I can't get on a plane with you then, because if I see you doing that, I'm just gonna cause havoc. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start looking out the window and be like, I remember is one it time. Be, is there meant to be smoke coming out the the wings? Huh? That would be me. If we were sitting on the yeah, plane yeah, together, yeah, yeah. I'd be trolling you. Like, Some, something's wrong right <laughs> with that wing. I would not sit next to you in that case. Oh, find a I way. Would I'd, get somebody, I'd get somebody to swap seats with me. I have a very persuasive face. <laughs> you actually do. You persuade me to do some silly That thing. laugh was either like hiding an insult or a backhanded compliment. <sighs> <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it PJ. <laughs> on this podcast. On this podcast, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> With you and me at the helm. <laughs> oh no, but I swear, like um, on the planes and stuff, I'm really bad. Like when I when we went to Bali, yeah, cut, yeah. The, uh, seeing as we're here, I've, only, I've I've spoken about this whole Bali situation on the plane coming back, like really briefly. I don't think people understand the magnitude of how bad that flight was. And to be honest, I've only taken one flight since then. Right. And it was, oh no, two. I, t- I went to Pakistan the summer, um, the winter after that flight. Right, yeah, you did. Yeah. You did, yeah, yeah. I remember. And I went with mum. Yeah. And I, re- I usually don't ever travel with my family because no one wants that headache. And my mum and dad, oh, I don't. Mum and dad, they know. I just get really anxious when I fly with them, especially. Yeah. The boys are cool. Mum and dad, it's too much. They overpack the suitcase, we're arguing with the person at the desk. Too much stress for me. I can't do it. So yeah, we're on this plane. We're coming back from um, in Bali and in Indonesia, and we're in. We stop off in. So our our layover was in Doha. So we're in Doha, and it's really hot. And I I already have sensory issues. Like I know I have sensory issues. My sensory issues were so I was so worried about being cold on the plane that I wore the most warmest tracksuit ever. I wore this like double layered Palm Angels tracksuit. I was hot as hell. But I thought on the plane it's gonna be cold. So I'm worried. I'm so wow, I'm so complaining. I'm the annoying person on the plane that's like, oh, excuse me, it's really cold. I'm having like a breakdown. Can you please? <laughs> I'm the annoying girl on the plane. Like, because I just can't. I get really uncomfortable. But yeah, I like to travel. I ain't sitting next to you on the plane if you're yeah, that person. Yeah, uh, you know what? That's why I usually sleep. That's why usually when I get on a plane, I just literally, my friends know if you travel with me, I literally knock out straight away. 
or I travel alone because it's too much for other people. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But this time I'm coming back with Shabs. And bearing in mind, I don't think Shabs has seen me have a sensory meltdown hurt like like that ever. I don't think. It okay. maybe, maybe it's been a really long time. Right, so right. I don't think he remembered how bad it could be. So we're on the plane and then everything's fine. We're getting ready, seated. Everyone's getting ready to go. It's cool. It's nice. It's fine. And then out of nowhere, the aircon just goes off. And it's and it's you if for the first twenty minutes I wasn't panicking. Right. Because I was like, you know, okay, it's normal. These things happen on planes. And then people around me are panicking and there's a lot of sweating. There's a lot of white people going red. <laughs> Cause it, there was a lot of white people on the flight coming back. Like I'm not like literally this is my only reaction. I could I remember this white woman and I was like, yo, her skin is turning red. And then that triggered so many like things. Uh... And I was like, okay, people are people are pan- people are panicking now. Because it, it wasn't a panic attack. It was literally, I felt like my skin was on fire and I couldn't, I couldn't control it and like everything. And I just started holding my ears and I was like, Shab was like, he's like, Sam, are you okay? And I was like, no. He's like, Sam, don't, he's like, he's like, please don't do it. I was like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't control it. And those tears streaming out my eyes, I was like, because I was just so, I can't explain a sensory overload, but it's like everything is thing and you just want to go like this and just go into it and literally... I curled into a ball and then I just, I don't remember anything after wow. that. It was, I, I was obviously conscious, but I was shaking. I was crying. Shab was like, you couldn't get your words out. You were just, and they had to take me out of where I was sitting and put me literally inside the freezer. So they rolled out, you know, they had like these free, they rolled yeah. out all these freezers and they just sat me there. Because I remember when we spoke about this, mm. you mentioned that the, the stewardess of the air hostess, one of them was pretty good. Like mm. you had a really good interaction with her that kind of, was able to communicate with you. Yeah, she was literally like talking into my ear, like, I don't know what's happening with you, but just talk to me. And I was, I couldn't, like, because I was so overwhelmed, I was extreme, like, oh, even when I think about it now, I'm like, it was bad. Damn. It was like, in my adult life, that's probably one of my worst. And since then, I've been a little bit scared to travel, like, generally, especially long haul. Like, all my cousins are like, when you come to Pakistan, my dad just went. Yeah. And like, what, well, when are you coming? Why are you not coming? You haven't come. And I'm just like, in my head, how do I tell you that I'm actually really scared to fly? Is it is it the fear of the flight? Or do you think it's because of what happened due to the temperature change within your body that that's kind of instilled a fear? Yeah, like, because I'm, I'm so afraid. Because it was embarrassed. Like, no, wait, I shouldn't be embarrassed. No. But there were so many people staring at me. And I and when I had when, so when we left the aircraft and we were going we were, we had to be taken out and all the passengers were just left in this little room yeah and we're in this room and I could just hear this family and these little kids and like this little kids like mommy is she crazy mommy is she crazy and I'm like, and, and I and I don't I I don't really yeah I don't remember what expression I gave this little kid but I'm sure I fucking scared him because I because I was just so in a like I was crying and I just looked over and I'm mm. sure I looked mad like I'm sure but I think with with that is the you, you forgive the innocence of children in yeah, that aspect, of obviously, you know, but it's 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 quite strange because that could be just a telling thing of the family of when you see somebody do that, that's what they are. Mm. And and the and the parents didn't say like no, they didn't say like you shouldn't say that. They literally and they were it was an Asian family and they were literally like shh, shh, shh turn around. Like Wow. I was like, Well and sh- I know you know, Shab had noticed and then it was annoying because yeah, I've had this massive mel- meltdown. We don't know what to do. We're in we're in Doha, and we know Muslim countries are behind when it comes to mental health, yeah, autism, yeah, yeah, and all yeah, these kind yeah, of things. Yeah. So they didn't know what the fuck was happening. Yeah. And I, even though my brother was trying to explain, like she has schizophrenia, like she's having a meltdown, like we need, to, we need like a someone, like someone yeah. to just talk to her. And they were like, we can. There's nothing they could do. Literally, they were just like, there's nothing we can do. And then Shab like took the initiative to call 
uh, my mental health care team, the crisis team. Oh, wow, okay. And literally we had to call and then, like, yeah, I was so numb. I didn't yeah. know what was. I I was just so numb. I was so, my body, after sensing lockdown, your body, you just curl yeah, into a ball. And I was just so, like, numb. And it was deep because I know Shab is an anxious, he's got anxiety, like, he's really anxious. Mm. I, it was deep because I, I put him in a position that he wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Because I could, you know, I could tell even afterwards, like even now, mm. he's like, I don't think I could fly with you again, you know, not in a rude way. Yeah. But yeah, it just makes you think like, oh, yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't want that to happen again. I don't course, want that to happen like, again. I get, of course, you probably don't want it to happen, but I guess for Shabs, it's like, I don't want it to happen to her. Yeah, and exactly. I don't want to be in a position where I, you know, obviously when you're anxious about stuff, you're more worried about if am I going to do something that's going to fuck this up? Exactly. So it's a double burden because you're thinking, I want to look after you, but I could fuck this up, which could make things worse, which could then make you worse, which could then trigger me. Exactly. And it's like this ricochet of things. And obviously, I don't, I don't feel bad when, like, he's my brother. Like, I know he loves me. Yeah, of course. But it, it, he was being honest in that moment. Yeah, like, he's yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure you would do it again, but he was like, yo, I don't fucking do this again. It, it's and that, and it's that makes a lot of yeah, yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense, though, because. I th- I told myself like how would I feel in that situation if I w- if it was the shoe was on the other foot yeah yeah you know because we just weren't expecting it mm. like I didn't ha- I've had meltdown I know I've had meltdowns I have meltdowns quite a lot you know I have meltdowns if the house isn't clean or someone or there's too many people in one room like so I know I've I know how I am when I have meltdowns but it was that was my worst one in my life it lasted two hours it's just so I'm scared. I'm scared to fly, and I don't. I, I will obviously. I'm going to work to get over that because I sure. love to travel. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that was just my little <laughs> my flight story. Well, you always need one interesting story to tell about. Tell about when you come back from holiday, and I think that we, we, we could put that in that folder there. We're like, yeah. So this is this is what happened to me when I. Were you telling me about this? Because I remember it was a day when you were having. I remember I came and picked you up mm. from your place, mm. and we had this conversation. I just remember there was this beautiful moment where you were in the car with me, and you were talking to your therapist on the phone, mm. and you were just filling her in over the couple of days and I that was really it was an eye-opening moment for me because it's like I always thought therapy was just done in an office mm. and then when I realized you can do therapy through the telephone how yeah. what was and I think that's that whole aspect of it showed that you have a, you've had and you still do have a really good support system mm. even on the way here you were telling me that you you, you know your therapist she listens to, she listens to my pod. Yeah. She listens to my pod. She's brilliant. Like, she's so cool. Like, I, I met her. For, uh, so I actually found her through a directory. Mm. And she's like, hey, like, I was like, I'm really struggling. This is during lockdown. I need to go through a couple of things. I've spoken to some people about, like, getting assessed for autism. And then, yeah, she's just brilliant on like, my social media. Because, you know, I took a break. Like, yeah. I just, you know, um, ancient listeners, you know, like, I've been a bit wishy-washy with my socials. Like, I'm changing my username. I'm doing a lot. Like, I can't figure myself out yeah. and i just thought you know what let me just show my therapist yeah what i used to do where i'm at now mm. and how i feel it's really helped me like break down where i want to be like how i feel about myself and you know what anybody who's listening like therapy is so important and i think it's so overlooked mm. you know we're so more inclined to Go for the medicine route, which I, I always say there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you need to take it, well, you do whatever's best for you. Yeah. But don't shy away from therapy because therapy, I swear, it has saved my life. It saved the many lives of many. Because yeah. sometimes you just need someone who doesn't know you, who holds no judgment, who has no, no nothing to yeah. you. Like they're, they're nobody to you. Yeah. Just and they literally their job is there to help you and to talk you through things, and. 
Yeah, man. Anybody listening who needs to go to therapy and who's maybe a bit ashamed or shy or whatever, like yeah. don't don't shy away from it. I think speaking on that is I've been talking to a couple of people that are just starting the process of therapy. Yeah. And I think always for them, it's, you know how, it, I mean, we covered this in, in like, you know, the first episode of either season one, where it's like the cultural thing of mm. you're going to tell a stranger your problems, how they're going to view us. A therapist is never yeah. going to judge your family or anything like that. And that stigma that you have in your mind, it's the hardest thing to overcome. Because mm. we've been brought up like that. Like I obviously, you know, I've had it, conversations with family where it's like, mm. you know, this person thinks this about you and these people mm. have said this about you. And I, in my head, I'm just like, I don't care. Mm. But sorry to go, no, go, go. you know, the whole, okay, you don't care. Yeah. Was that something that autom- like, that's surely that's a, that's a feeling that's grown now that you don't oh, care. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Way back when, like I, before, like even going to therapy, I was very conscious about what people thought about me. Mm. I, you know, I, I've always considered myself a bit of a misfit. I think mm. you know this about me. I don't I mean, really, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't really fit like the the bog standard stereotype of everybody cardboard cut. Like, just I'm glad I'm. that you don't. By the way, just but, uh, to yeah, throw that in there. Thank you. <laughs> but it's always like it's it's nice when other people appreciate. It, but when you're living in that like that label, you're just like. I, I don't fit in with anybody mm. and then after a while you just start thinking good yeah because you see too many clones and you see too many carbon copies and i don't want to use the word clones like hipster kind of thing mm. but you know when you just see that everybody has the same way of talking and the same way of looking and the same way of behaving i didn't want to be that person mm. so when i had that that's kind of something i've resonated with throughout my life like i am you know as i said to every uh, i was like I'm Pakistani, I'm Muslim, but I grew up on metal music and comic books and pro wrestling and mixed martial arts and, you know, Star Wars. And I'm before I would never talk publicly about any of that. Mm. You know, nothing, the way I dress would never give any indication about anything like that. And then after a while, I just thought, what's the point, right? What's the point in hiding it? What is the what is yeah. the actual point of hiding it? I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Because I feel like for the longest time, like I have hidden... I like things like Pokemon and I like things like, you know, I'm, I, I, I shout out Poketrio. <laughs> shout out to Poketrio. <laughs> um, and I just, I feel like, cause everyone, and I used to like get onto people. Like I used to, like my, had a friend that really loved like cartoons and stuff. And because people were mean to me about it, like family members, like, oh, it's so babyish and stop being such a baby. And like the, the kind of negative connotation, I just like it. I don't give a crap, but you like Bollywood. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like you know and like i talk to girls and they're just so oh body with this body with that and like i try to get like this comes back to the whole makeup thing yeah and like i tried to go down that whole asian makeup route and like try to fit in there and i was like i don't really i'm like standing out like a sore thumb here you yeah. know because it's just not who i am but that's what your identity is your identity is standing out like a sore thumb right it's be, yeah. it is being a mi- I, I i am a misfit like yeah. i'm not supposed to be in the box yeah and there's nothing wrong with being in the box by the way no, but I think everyone that's in the box is a misfit in their own way. But it's that whole thing of there are the few in between that are like, I'm going to be a misfit and I'm going to show that I'm a misfit or they're going to be the ones that I'm I'm a misfit, but I'm going to hide it from everybody. Yeah, see, I couldn't do that for anymore because it was literally being detrimental to who I was. And, you know, there's a term in like uh, with autism and stuff and not yeah. to link this to that, but just there's a term it's called masking. And I feel like for many, many years, I was literally masking yeah. who I was. And this is outside of, like like I said, outside of autism. That we, I think, especially like, um, you know, people from 
children from ethnic backgrounds, especially growing up in the West, yeah. you're subconsciously masking in a way anyways. You're like, it fucks with your psyche, you know. At, what, at home, you're meant to be one person. At school, you're meant to be one person. Yeah. In front of your extended family, you're a different person. And it completely fucks with who you, how you feel as an individual. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, even like coming back to my socials and stuff, like my whole name now on social media is 44 Floors. And 44 is like uh, my, so my power number, like if you believe in that numerology and that kind of stuff, 44 is a power number and four is my power number, like when yeah. you do my calculations. Okay. <laughs> and like um, the whole concept of those names and even perfectly flawed and stuff is I reject everything that society tells me of how to act. Yeah. I'm not going to fit in to any, like, you can't. Yeah. Good luck. I'm yeah. tired now. I could. It ruined half my life. I feel like I wasted half my life trying to fit into something that I wasn't and to mm. an aesthetic that I wasn't. Um, and yeah, fuck all of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> that's this whole thing of just looking at identities. Obviously, I'm like, I've got uh, a niece and a nephew and just mm. watching them try and figure yeah. out their own identity. And it's brilliant because they're being brought up in a family that my, my brother-in-law and my sister are phenomenal human beings and yeah. they haven't typecasted them to an identity. Mm. You know, there are stuff that they do that I think if it was your very traditional Asian family, it would be like, mm. oh, you, you can't do that. And that's not for you. Mm. But they're figuring out their own identities as they go along. Mm. And it's pretty good because I think at home and, you know, at their own house, at our house, you know, when they come to visit me and my mum, my, uh, my sister, mm. we just give them the freedom to flourish. Whatever they do, there's no limitations. And I feel that I think because of the society that we grew up in, mm. we weren't given that. Yeah. But now that we have been products of, look, that's hindered us. And now we're being able, the, the stuff that me and my nephew have in common. Yeah. It's weird because he wasn't, like, even me and my niece, like, Star Wars, generically, everyone's like, it's a guy thing. Yeah. It, yeah. I hate that when people say that as well. My niece voluntarily went out to a shop and picked up a Ray teddy bear. <laughs> she voluntarily goes yeah. out and picks up Star Wars figurines. I took a comic book shopping. First comic book she picked up, Wonder Woman. So it's so thing that you say about being a guy thing as well, because... That's my mum. I love her. She's the best mum ever. I think because of society and stuff growing up, like when I liked things that my brothers liked, yeah. she was like, no, you can't like that. You're not meant to like that. Like you're meant to do this and you're meant to... And I, I love playing with my brother. I love playing PlayStation. I love playing um, N64, SNES. Like yeah. I grew up with them. That's what I like to do. And yeah. I just, just genuinely had more of a pull towards that kind of stuff. And I remember I just... It's so interesting that you say that. And it's so beautiful that, you know, that this generation has a better go at things and... I think it's because we've, like, we've been, remember last time it was like the whole sacrificial Sam yeah. kind of thing. I think we've all been the sacrificial lambs in that whole aspect. Like, we mm -hmm. were told we have to like this, but I, I'm a massive fan of, like, you know, classical art, yeah. you know, but nobody ever told me that I had to like that. I went and found it for myself. And mm. once I did, you know, I remember, was it a year ago, me and my sister, we went and saw um, a Da Vinci exhibition at the National Gallery. Yeah. You know? Beautiful, yeah. It was fantastic. I spent two hours just staring at artwork and it was something that me and my sister have in common but we never spoke about because... You it felt was, like... It was like, am I supposed to like this? Are you supposed to like this? Can we like this? Mm. Because it's not part of that remit. Yeah. But when we did, it was that whole interesting that got to me that, you know, growing up, there was apparently Da Vinci pieces in, in magazines scattered around the house. Mm. And we've always just liked them, but... It's just that whole thing is that is art mainly for men? Is it mainly for women? Yeah. But it's never that whole thing of everything's for everybody. All 
All right, guys, so we're going to wrap up this episode of the Ancient Podcast. Uh, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you to everybody who's been following on following me on this journey uh, with my podcast and before my podcast, from Keek Days, from, from wherever you picked up following me from. Thank you so much for your support. And remember, guys, if you want to be a guest on the Ancient Podcast and you want to come on here and speak your truth, um, just drop me a DM either at, um, at on my personal Instagram, any of them, 44 Floors, Perfectly Flawed, or you can hit us up directly on the Ancient Podcast and yeah, uh, thank you, T, for coming back on. Always a pleasure. Uh, yeah. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.